0: good morning let's pray good morning father son and holy spirit on this memorial day weekend we remember you said greater love has no one than this that one lay down his life for his friends lord we're so thankful for so many young men and women who've laid down their lives for the freedom that we have today and we thank you for their sacrifice We pray for families that have lost loved ones in in wars that you would comfort them and they would realize how much we appreciate the sacrifices that they have made. Jesus, we're so thankful that you laid down your life so that we could live forever and we're here to thank you. We pray as we open your word together today that you would forgive the one who speaks for sins are many. Holy Spirit, move among us, teach us. We pray you would win the lost and and build believers and equip workers. Lord, we pray for revival. That's what we need. Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we are walking through the book of Colossians together, a book in the Bible, Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. Otherwise, you can follow on the screens And we're going to read verses 12 through 15. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity." Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. A husband was very sick, and so his wife went to talk to the doctor. And the doctor said, your your husband is very sick. He needs lots of rest and peace and quiet. Here are some sleeping pills. And she said, doctor, when should I give him the sleeping pills? And the doctor said, oh, they're not for him. They're for you. Ah, peace. That's what we're going to be learning about today. Whenever you watch a beauty contest, what does the beauty contestant always say? What do you want? She always says what? I want world peace. You ever wonder why we all? she always says that? The reason is that's what our hearts long for, and the reason we long for world peace is that's what it was like in the beginning. When God first created the earth, there was peace on earth, and our hearts remember that and long for that. Before the fall, before sin wrecked everything, that's the world that was, and it's also the world that will be. One day soon, Jesus is coming back, and when Jesus comes back, once again, there will be peace on earth, and don't we long for that? I mean, we live between the world that was and the world that will be, and in this world, it's so important that we learn how to put on peace, to put on peace, and that's the point of today's message. What we're going to do today is we're going to learn how to put on peace. Um, If you're new, we've been walking through the book of Colossians together this year, and the reason we're going through this book is it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And um, what we've learned so far is that a Christian is someone in whom Jesus lives. A Christian is someone in whom Jesus lives, and when Jesus moves into us, his intention is to change everything in our lives, to change everything. We've been learning, it's, it's like when Jesus moves in, he looks in our closet and he says, we need a wardrobe makeover. We need an extreme wardrobe makeover. He looks at our old clothes and he begins to throw things off. And so a few weeks ago, we learned how we're to put off old, old ways of thinking, old words and old deeds. And, and then Jesus shows us all these new clothes he wants us to put on. A few weeks ago, we were in verse 12, and we learned about putting on a heart of compassion. Remember, put on a heart of compassion, and we learned that compassion is an emotional response to the needs of others that moves us toward them. We learned about putting on a heart of compassion. And then last week, we looked at verse 14, beyond all these things, put on love. and, And we learned that love is choosing to do what's best for someone else. But today, we're going to focus in on verse 15 another piece of clothing jesus wants us to put on he wants us to put on peace so he says let the peace of christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful and so i want us to ask two questions today two questions and the first question to ask is what is peace what is peace and then secondly how how do we put on peace Uh, this week, I asked my wife, Karen, I said, what is peace? And she gave me a great definition. She said, peace is healthy relationships. It's true, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people would say that peace is just the absence of conflict, but it's way more than that, isn't it? I mean, what we really long for is to be right with God, right? Peace with God. Isn't that what peace is? What we really long for is, is peace within, don't we? What we really long for is to be at peace with others. So that's what peace is. It's healthy relationships. It's being right with God and right within ourselves (coughs) and right with others. (coughs) Now, that's what peace is, and how do we put on peace? Notice in verse 15, three things. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That if we want peace, we need to put on Jesus. (coughs) Secondly, we need to put on his body, And thirdly, to be thankful. So we need Jesus, his body, and being thankful. So if we're going to put on peace, the first thing we need to put on is Jesus. Because the gospel that we love at Good News, the gospel teaches us that Jesus is our peace. Um, often Often at Christmas, we read this passage from Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, We read, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah prophesied that one day the Prince of Peace would put on flesh and come to earth. Jesus is our peace. And so we come to the New Testament, and we often read this passage right at Christmas, Remember when Mary and Joseph go to Bethlehem and and Jesus is born? And we pick up in Luke chapter 2. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. Did you know that the shepherds were the lowest in society? So these nobodies are out uh, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Don't you love good news? I mean, if you watch the news, you don't get much good news, right? But there they are. The angel said, I've got good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And the good news was that a Savior has been born. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the uh, in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. So listen, God became Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Why? So that we could have peace with God, so that we could have peace within, so that we can have peace with others. Um, Listen, at Good News, we're reading through Acts together, aren't we? We're reading through the New Testament. You can join us. And this week, this week we were reading in Acts chapter 10, where the Holy Spirit was dragging Peter. He didn't really want to go, but the Holy Spirit was dragging Peter to go and share the gospel with Gentiles. Remember when we read in Acts 10 verse 34, opening his mouth, Peter said, I must I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. And so, the good news, the good news that Peter preached was that Jesus is our peace, that Jesus brings peace with God. He brings peace within, he even brings peace between Jew and Gentile. Of course a lot of people today would say well I didn't know I didn't know that that we and God were at odds with each other well the the gospel says we are as we've been walking through Colossians this year remember remember early in the year when we were in Colossians chapter 1 and in Colossians chapter 1 in verse 19 remember when we read for it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him do you know who jesus is jesus says you need that jesus is fully man in one person it was the father's good pleasure for all fullness to dwell in him and through him through things to himself you see when our first parents sinned it didn't just wreck our relationship with god it wrecked all of creation so jesus came to reconcile not only people but all of god's creation and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So Jesus came to establish peace between us and God so we could be at peace with God and then have peace within and then have peace with one another. Having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil You see, the gospel says things were not right between us and God. We all have a problem called sin. We are sinners and we have sinned. That means that we have engaged in evil deeds. Not only have we engaged in evil deeds, but we have a hostility toward God. What does that mean? Well, God says, honor your father and mother, and we say, no. And God says, you shall not bear false witness, and we say, no. So, we're hostile toward God, and, and we're determined to do like how hot is toward God. All I need to do today uh, to, is to say that listen, sex belongs in marriage to be enjoyed between a husband and a, li- a wife alone. And there's tremendous hostility in our culture and in our own hearts toward God. You see, we are all sinners. We have all, we were born hostile toward God, we've engaged in evil deeds, we've committed crime after crime against God, and what we deserve is God's wrath, what we deserve is hell. Um, Although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, now here's the good part, yet He, He has now reconciled you in His fleshly body through death. So God the Son put on flesh and came to earth who lived that perfect life for us. And Then he went to the cross and he took our sins upon himself. He took our sins to establish peace between us and God. He died in our place once for all to pay in full the penalty for our sins. He died. He cried out, it's finished. He was buried. And on the third day he rose from the grave and he offers us eternal life. He offers us the forgiveness of sins. He offers us peace with God and peace within and peace with others. In order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach, he offers us eternal life. And what does he require of us? He requires of us that we receive him as our Savior and Lord. Have you? Have you? Oh, the verse that changed my life is Revelation 3.20. where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Man, Jesus knew my name. And Jesus came to me and said, Smiley, I want to forgive you. I want to make things right between you and God. I want to move into you. Let's do life together. Let's do eternity together. And man, when I heard Jesus, I wanted eternal life more than anything in the world, so I received him as my Savior and Lord. And if you never have, won't you? Well, how do we do that? Receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord really is as simple as A, B, C, where we admit and then we believe and then we commit. <clears throat> and if you've never done that, won't you? You can do that now or or when I close in prayer. I'd be glad to give you that opportunity. But receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord to me started when I admitted. Jesus, I've been hostile toward you. I've been engaged in evil deeds. I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry won't you admit? And then I believe, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins, and and you rose, won't you? And then I trusted Jesus as Savior, saying, Jesus, come in and and be my Savior, and forgive me, and give me eternal life, and he did, won't you? And I said, I want you to be the Lord of my life, and help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? Listen, when we receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, we have peace with God. We have peace with God. And Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, moves in. Did you hear that? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. So the Prince of Peace moves in so that we can have peace with God, so we can have peace within, so we can have peace with others. And when Jesus moves in, he says, listen, I'm Lord now, I'm Lord now, follow me, follow me. So if we want to put on peace, then we must begin to follow the Prince of Peace, right? Um, You see, Jesus is our Savior and Lord first, but then he becomes our model, our model for life and ministry, right? He shows us the way that life is meant to be lived. And to help us follow him, To help us follow him, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and the power to follow him. The desire and power to follow Jesus so that we can put on peace. Let me show you that in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We read, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. There it is, peace. Peace is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What the Holy Spirit loves to do is to exalt Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, and then form Him in our heart. Look at Jesus. Look at the beautiful life He lived. Isn't that the way you want to live? Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus, right? And isn't Jesus our model? Isn't Jesus our model of what it's like to have peace with God, isn't it? When we look at the life of Jesus, don't we see how he did life at peace with God the Father? And he gives us that same peace, doesn't he? Oh, in Romans. In Romans chapter 5. This verse is so good. In Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what it means that we're justified? It means the moment we put our faith in Jesus, all of our sins are imputed to Christ. you are forgiven of all of our sins, past and present and future. But it also means that perfect life that Jesus lived is imputed to us so that we're righteous in God's eyes. We're not simply forgiven, but we're righteous. That when God the Father looks at us, he sees the perfect life that Jesus lived, and we are at peace with God. Man, aren't you thankful? I am so thankful for Jesus, aren't you? I'm so thankful that we're justified by faith, that that I'm forgiven. Not only that, but I've been given his righteousness, and, and we are at peace with God. So listen, Jesus is our model. He's our model of what it looks like to be at peace with God. He's also our model for how to have have peace within, how to have peace within even in a fallen, broken world. One of my favorite stories of that is in Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew 8, verse 23, when he got into the boat, Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. So Jesus is in a boat in the Sea of Galilee in the middle of the storm, and he's asleep. How can he sleep in the middle of the storm? Because he had a father who said, it's okay for you to sleep because I've I've got this, I've got this. And so Jesus is modeling for us how to experience peace in the midst of a world filled with storms. And they, the disciples, came to him and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we're perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. When our kids were little, we had these Jesus uh, these Jesus storybooks, and this one was so good. The, the pictures are so good, and and the kids say, Jesus, Jesus, wake up, we're perishing. And Jesus woke up, and Jesus said, shh. And it got still as still could be, boy, Jesus spoke, and the winds and the sea obeyed him. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So listen, Jesus spoke, and and, and the storm was calmed. And the one who spoke, The one who spoke to the wind and the sea, and it was calm. Do you know he's the one that lives in us? And that's how we can have peace. That's how we can have peace within ourselves, even in the middle of storms, right? I mean, in John 14, 27. John 14, 27, Jesus said, "'Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful.'" How does Jesus give us peace within in the middle of the storm? He moves in, right? The one who calmed the sea lives in us. So we have a friend who's moved in and he never leaves. And you know what? Our friend has forgiven us. Our friend loves us. He says he's never leaving. Our friend is with us every step of the way and promises to get us safely home. The way we experience peace in the middle of a crazy world is to know the one who calmed the sea lives in us, right? or or what did Jesus say in John 16 verse 33 These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace in the world you have tribulation but take courage I have overcome the world Listen we can experience peace in Jesus in the middle of a world filled with tribulation Listen Jesus is our model He's our model of how to experience peace with God in, in the world in which we live, how to have peace within even the middle of the storms of life. He's also our model of how to be at peace with others, how to be at peace with others. In Matthew 5, Jesus gives us the eight keys to happiness, the eight keys of happiness, and we call them beatitudes. And the seventh key, the seventh key of happiness is uh, Matthew 5, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Jesus is happy are the peacemakers. And we say, well, how can we be peacemakers? Isn't Jesus our model? Who is Jesus? He's fully God and he's fully man, right? And he stepped between God and man and he did everything that he could to to bring us together, right? And so Jesus calls us to follow his example and be peacemakers. We're here on earth to reconcile people to God, right? And also to each other. In a world filled with people who love to divide people and make people angry, Jesus sends us into the world to be peacemakers like he is. And the Bible emphasizes this over and over again. <clears throat> In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. <laughs> we're not responsible for what other people do, but we're called to do everything we can to be at peace with all men. To be peacemakers who who are helping people to experience peace with God and with one another. Uh, How about in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14? Pursue peace with all men. We're to do everything we can to pursue peace with all men, pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So, Going back to our passage, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. If we want to put on peace, we need to put on Jesus because Jesus is our peace, right? He's our peace with God, our peace within, our peace with others. If we want to put on um, a heart of peace after we put on Jesus, we need to put on his body. We need to find a a local church and and join it and, and become a part of it. Do you see that here? Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart to which indeed you were called in one body. Jesus is not simply saving individuals in the world, he's building his church, he's creating a new humanity. Jesus wants us, once we connect to the head, Jesus to connect to a local body, because Jesus wants his church to be here on earth as his body, giving people a little preview of coming attractions. Not the full thing, but we're to give a little picture, a little picture of what's gonna happen when Jesus comes back and there's a unified humanity. Let me show you this. Remember a few weeks ago when we were a little earlier in Colossians and we were learning to put off the old life? Back in Colossians 3, verse 9, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. We're new people and we're growing to become more and more like Jesus. Renewal. Which there is no distinction between circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. Christ is all and in all. A divided world is nothing divided between Greek and Jew, uh, between circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But there was the church. And in the church, those who had been reconciled to God were, were reconciled to one another. The world had never seen such a thing. Greek and Jews, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbaric and slave, eating together, worshiping together, loving one another. Don't we live in a country where our leaders are determined, they're determined to divide us? Isn't there just a constant emphasis on, on race and, and class? Isn't there? And in the middle of this, the church, where where we see people not as our culture sees people, we see people the way Jesus sees people. As we look around, we see that all people are made in the image of God, all people. We have so much in common, we're all made in God's image. We're all scarred by sin, especially me, and we all need a Savior. It's so important to put on peace that we're a part of a, of a local church and we're going to love one another as God has loved us. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion. You see, in the church, we've received compassion, so we show compassion. Kindness, we've received kindness, we show it. Humility, we've received it, we show it. Gentleness, we've experienced it, we express it patience. Bear with one another. Jesus bears with us, so in the body we bear with one another. That's uh we are each other. We've been forgiven, we forgive. Whoever well, playing against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. So if we want to put on peace, the first thing we do is we put on Jesus, right? We put on Jesus, and then then we put on His body. We plug into a local church and begin to love one another the way we've been loved. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. We put on Jesus then we put on his body and be thankful. The third step in, in putting on peace is to be thankful. Are you a thankful person? Let me show you something really interesting here. See where it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart? The word rule there is a, it's an athletic term. It's like the umpire, the official, the referee. You know, when, when you do something wrong and they go, they, they blow the whistle and, and you know you've broken the rule. And so, as Christians, we're meant to live at peace with God, and and when we lose that peace, the the peace of Christ blows the whistle in our lives, in our hearts. It was last week in small group, it was last week in small group, and one of the ladies in our small group said, gaze gaze at the world and be distressed, gaze within and be depressed, be at rest. That's good, isn't it? One more time, gaze at the world and be distressed. Wouldn't you love to hook someone up to a blood pressure machine and then just have them watch the news? What would you see? You'd see their blood pressure go up, right? Or to see people get on social media and and how everyone's angry, wouldn't their blood pressure go up? When we gaze at the world, the world says we deserve better. We deserve a better family. We deserve a better church. We deserve a better country. And people get angry, right, and they lose their peace. We live in a world that says keep track of every wrong, every wrong, every slight that someone wronged you and slights you and never, ever, ever forgive. We live in a culture that says the world is divided between good people and bad people. And sometimes we, we take our eyes off of Jesus and put them on the world and we lose our peace, right? And so the peace of Christ blows the whistle in our life and we know we need to repent. We quit gazing at the world and, and look up and gaze at Jesus and give thanks. Gaze at the world and, and be distressed. Gaze within and be depressed, <laughs> Why in the world would our culture say to look within yourself? You know what happens when I look within myself? I get so depressed. You know why? Because I see my failures. I failed as a husband. I failed as a father. I failed as a pastor. Uh, I failed as a grandfather. I, I get depressed when I look within myself. When I look within myself, I see the good I want to do, I don't do, and the evil I don't want to do, I find myself doing, and I lose my peace when I look within because I get depressed. And when I get depressed, and then the peace of Christ blows the whistle, and I need to repent. I need to to gaze at Jesus, to gaze at Jesus, and be thankful. Right? Oh, um. gaze at the world and and be d- distressed. Gaze within and be depressed. Gaze at Jesus and be at rest. Do you know what happens when I gaze at Jesus? Oh, when I gaze at Jesus, I see the gospel, and you know what the gospel does that what I deserved was hell, and what I've been given is Jesus. Do you realize I have received something so much better than what I deserved? What I deserved was hell, and what I have is Jesus. What I've received is eternal life, and that's what makes me want to be thankful, right? Right? Do you know what we get when we get Jesus? We get everything, we get everything that our hearts always long for, right? Isn't that why we say Jesus plus nothing equals everything? What do you what do I mean we get everything? Listen, so is those who have been chosen of God. Maybe the NFL doesn't call me, but Jesus called me to be a part of his family forever. We get, Jesus. we get chosen, right? Holy, we're set apart for a purpose. Beloved, we're loved. Don't we want to be loved? The one who loves us like we want to be loved is Jesus. Put on a heart of compassion. Jesus has shown me compassion. He's been kind. We look for it in others, but Jesus is the one who's kind like we want to be. He's humble. He's been gentle with me. Hasn't he been with you? He's been patient. Everything we long for from others, Jesus is to us, bearing with one another. Oh, how he's born with me, right? And forgiving each other, oh, how much he's forgiven me, right? Oh, he's loved me, right? Wow. Listen, when we get Jesus, we get something so much better than what we deserve. So so what we've learned so far, we've 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 learned that peace is is really healthy relationships with God with within and with others and and how do we get how do we put on peace we put on Jesus won't you we put on his body and and then be thankful so listen what I what I want you to do this week for an action step it's going to be so much fun listen this can change your life can change your family can change our church i just want you to be thankful i want you to be thankful Let's be on a mission this week to be thankful. And you're off to a great start. You're off to a great start. You're here in worship. And why are we here? We're here to give Jesus thanks, aren't we? You remember, right? You remember there were 10 lepers, right? 10 lepers were healed and only one came to give thanks. Isn't that why we're here? Jesus, thank you. Thank you. You're our peace. You've given us peace with God. Thank you. You've given peace within. You've brought peace with others. Thank you. Thank you for being kind. Thank you for loving me, right? Listen, be thankful. This week when we get up and spend time with Jesus, right? When we spend time with Jesus, let's thank him. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Listen, you're my peace. You've given me peace with God. You've given me peace within. You've given me peace with others. Thank you. Listen, this week in our families, this week in our families, after we spend time with Jesus, let's look for what we're thankful for about our family. Listen, with your spouse or with your parents, don't, don't focus on all the ways they're flawed. Oh, they are. But look at what you have to be thankful for. Be thankful. This week when you're about to get into it with your spouse and, and they're really upset, why not interrupt them and say, hey, could I share with you one thing I'm really thankful about? you? I love your laugh. Listen, that can change your family. How about our church? How about this week looking for what you're thankful for? Wouldn't wouldn't that change us? I mean, our church has many flaws, right? I mean, they let me be a pastor. But do you know what our church loves, Jesus? Do you know that our church preaches the gospel and many churches don't? Do Do you know that our church holds to the Bible when many have abandoned that? Oh, this week, why not be thankful for your church? How about our country? How about our country? Instead of this week looking at all the flaws of our country, why not look? Why not look for something you're thankful for and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have the freedom to share our faith in our country. Thank you. Um, this week when you're with people and they're complaining about our country, why do not you say, hey, could I share with you one thing I'm thankful for? Oh. Listen, you, you, you want to be thankful this week? One of the things I do is when people ask me, you know, how are you? how are you? What I love to say is, listen, I'm very, very thankful. And you know what people will respond to that? They'll say, me too. Or they'll say, uh, well, what are you thankful for? (laughs) And I can say, man, I am so thankful for Jesus. He's been so good to me. Wouldn't you like to know him too? Oh, the new thing that I've been doing lately, and it's, it's been a lot of fun, is when people say, Smiley, how are you? I'll say, well, I'm in love. And that'll really shock them. And uh, matter of fact, I'm having lunch this week, and the server says, uh, how are you? And I, and I said, man, I'm in love. And it just stopped her, and she said, well, I'm just here. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I'm not just here. And I'm so thankful I have a friend who loves me. Uh, other people, when I say, listen, I'm in love, they'll say, with who? And I'll say, with Jesus. I'll say, listen, most people know just a little bit about me, and they don't like me. But Jesus knows everything about me and he still loves me. Oh, it's so great to have a friend like that. Wouldn't you like to have one too? Oh, this week, our assignment is to be thankful, to be thankful. Listen, this has the potential. If we practice thankfulness this week, it can change our face. We'll smile more. It has the potential to change our family. It has the potential to change our church. It has the potential to change our community one hard time. Here's our assignment: Christ, rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so glad that you are the Prince of Peace, that you came to earth, you died on the cross in our place. To bring peace between God and man and peace between men and, and other people. Lord, thank you for dying and rising and offering us eternal life, for offering us peace. <clears throat> if you'd like eternal life, if you've never received Jesus, if you hear him knocking on the door of your heart, won't you invite him in? Won't you say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for all of those of us who've invited you in that, that this week we would enjoy having peace with you and peace within and peace with others. Lord, I pray this week we would be on a mission of giving thanks, that we would overflow in thanksgiving to you, that we would look for ways to be thankful for our family, church, and community. Lord, help us this week to be a people who put on peace. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.